Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament. The Old Testament reading for the 14th Sunday after Trinity is from Proverbs chapter 4. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of righteousness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Galatians chapter 5. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go, and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace 
mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Where is the temple? Back in Jesus' time, that was a relatively simple question. Basically, any Jew off the street, and probably a good amount of the travelers and visitors to the land, would have known that the temple is in Jerusalem. That's where it's been ever since the Israelites came back from exile in Babylon and rebuilt it. They would have known that the temple is where you make sacrifices to the Lord Yahweh, where the priests do their priestly business, the organizational hub of the Jewish spiritual life. It was there, on Temple Mount, where all of that stuff happens. And so, when Jesus tells the lepers to go and show themselves to the priests, they all know right away where to go. And they head out. It seems pretty straightforward, but then one of the lepers, who happens to be a Samaritan, turns around and heads back to Jesus. What do you think all the other lepers thought of that? Do you think that they wondered? Do you think that they looked down on him for not understanding since he was a Samaritan? Do you think that they even noticed? We don't know the answer to any of those questions, but what we do know is that Jesus seems a bit disappointed that it was only this one man who returned. Disappointed that the other nine didn't return as well. Which is sort of weird, right? I mean, Jesus had just told them to go and show themselves to the priests so that they could be verified as having been cleansed of their leprosy. And everyone knew that the temple was where you found the priests. And yet... Jesus still seems disappointed by them. Listen again to our gospel reading for today, and let's see if we can figure out why that is. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. So, what do you think? Why is Jesus disappointed? Why does he ask, We're not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Jesus here is clearly dissatisfied with only getting one person out of ten. Which, that just makes sense, right? We would all be satisfied if we got ten percent on anything. 
This makes it clear to us that Jesus truly does desire all to be saved. That he desires that all recognize him. Recognize the salvation that he is earning for them. For he desires that 100% of humanity be saved. And yet, in this case, only one person returns to him and gives praise to God. This one person who just so happens to be a foreigner. Somebody who, to be honest, we would have expected to not be the one who returns. The nine who appear to be Jews, from what we're told, don't return at all. And don't make any mistake, we're not necessarily trying to say that they did something inherently wrong or sinful by continuing on their way and doing what Jesus told them to do. But the fact remains that Jesus does seem to be disappointed about it. Disappointed that instead of coming back to him, they instead went to the old temple. And that's the trick of it. They went to the old temple. This former leper, this Samaritan, seems to understand what a temple truly is. A temple is simply the dwelling place of a god on earth. It's the place where you can go to connect with that deity, whether that's performing sacrifices or doing other things. It's the place where you go when you want to find a specific god. And this leper seems to understand that as good as it is to go to the priests in the temple, as good as it is to go through the process that's described in the book of Leviticus to take care of leprosy and to get yourself verified as having been cleansed, that it's obviously better to go to the high priest. This former leper even seems to understand that Jesus is God. And that therefore, wherever he is, wherever Jesus is, that's where the temple is. This can, of course, lead us to ask the question, well, what about today? What about here? What about now? Where is the temple at today? Because as most of you likely know, if we look over in Jerusalem at the place where the old temple used to be, we're not going to see a temple. At least not one to Yahweh, anyways. And so, what are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to find our God here in this place and at this time? And thankfully, the Bible has an answer for us. We know where Jesus went. Jesus ascended into heaven and is even now sitting at the right hand of God on the throne of the universe. Okay, maybe that's not quite the answer we, we really wanted, right? Because it's a little bit hard for us to ascend into heaven. But thankfully, God has given us a way that he comes to us. Given us a place that we can come to, a time that we can come and we can find him, because he has made himself known. These are, of course, the means of grace. 
through his word and through his sacraments, our Lord comes to us and makes himself available to us. A place, a time that we can come, we can hear his word, we can see him acting in our lives, and we can receive the forgiveness that we so desperately need. And we do desperately need it. I don't know that any of us are suffering from any sort of physical leprosy, but we're all suffering from spiritual leprosy. We all have that battle going on in our flesh that was talked about in our Galatians reading. That war between the spirit and our flesh that always constantly seem to be fighting each other. Constantly rubbing against each other. And we all know that we don't often support the right side in that fight. We all know that our nature has been so corrupted by sin that there are times that we can do nothing but sin. And that even now, as Christians, our good deeds are still stained by that corruption. That even now, because of our sinful nature, even our very will has been weakened. So that we cannot of our own power choose to follow Jesus. We cannot of our own power go and find him somewhere. We can't come to him because we have been so weakened by sin that we can't make that choice. So then, what are we to do? Where are we supposed to go to get our leprosy cleansed? The lepers have the right idea. We are to go to the one who can cleanse our leprosy, the one who has, in fact, cleansed the leprosy of all of humanity with his sacrificial death on the cross. The eternal priest of the order of Melchizedek who has taken all of that death and decay and corruption into himself and destroyed it by his own death. The very same one who made himself available to these lepers is the very same one who makes himself available to us so that we can be cleansed just like they were. But where do we find him? Which temple are we supposed to go to? Are we to go to the temple of our feelings, which have the unfortunate tendency to lie to us and to be inconsistent? Are we to go to the temples of logic and reason, which more often than not simply tell us that we're not even all that important enough to worry about, since we're such a small part of the bigger picture. Maybe we can go to our family and friends. That might work, but they also might just hurt you even more by either rejecting you when they shouldn't or by telling you that you're perfect even when you're not. No, you all know where to go. You all know where the temple is. The temple is the same place it's always been. The dwelling place of God on earth. And Jesus has told us where he dwells on earth now. It is in his word and his sacraments. The word of God, baptism, and the Lord's Supper is where God has chosen to dwell here and now. 
the only places that he has promised to always be. And now don't mistake me, Jesus is of course actually everywhere because he is God and God is omnipresent. And he has certainly promised to be found in prayer and also among the brethren. But it is only in his word and in his sacraments that he has promised to dwell, to live, and perhaps most importantly of all, to give life, to give faith. This building isn't what makes this place a temple of God. This city or location isn't somehow the most sacred spot in the area through any inherent quality of its own. To an extent, it's not even us who make this place a temple of God. No, what makes this place in time holy to God a time and place where he has chosen to dwell is because this is where he has chosen to be present in his word and his sacrament. And therefore, we do what only comes natural to those who know this truth. We return from our wanderings in the world like that Samaritan leper, and we praise God all while receiving yet again that cleansing forgiveness that we so desperately need. And at the same time, we recognize that those in the world around us need that cleansing forgiveness as well. Is that what this place is? Is this place, is this congregation a place where people can come and receive the cleansing forgiveness of Christ? Is it a temple of God dedicated to him and his means of grace? Or is it a social club? where if you don't fit in, you're going to be ostracized. If you don't look like everybody else looks, if you don't act like everybody else acts, we are going to be exiled. A place where if you come in and you smell a little bit funny and maybe you look a little bit weird and maybe people have heard some stories about you, that you're not going to feel welcome. Is that what this place is supposed to be? You all know the answer to that question. You all know that just like everyone else, we need this place to be a temple of God that gives the cleansing forgiveness that Christ has earned on the cross. Because we need that cleansing forgiveness just as much as everyone else. Which is why this congregation is a place where all are welcome, no matter what. Because we need to be welcomed, no matter what. May God continue to strengthen us that this would be a place such as that. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.